1: To the Rotowire NFL DFS Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel. Uh, it is September twentieth. We are discussing Week Three this week. I am Scott Jensta, joined again by Vlad Sedler. If you could please rate or review the podcast, we'd greatly appreciate that. Um, also, if you uh, we are we are located on the uh, Rotowire DFS Podcast feed. So if you look for us on the football feed, we're not there. We are on the DFS feed. So uh, if you want to find us every week, which hopefully you do, go ahead and subscribe to that. That would be uh, greatly appreciated. Also, uh, Vladdy, we're uh, we're through two weeks on to Week Three. How are you?
2: I'm doing good, my man. Uh, I, I, I can't believe we're already at week three. Uh, season literally just blinks and, you know, in the blink of an eye, it's gone. So we've we got to really enjoy it. You know, take it all in. Uh, week week 16 will be here before you know it. So uh, but for now, um, you know, I think week two went pretty well and, and I'm ready to jump into uh, to what's what's coming up next.
1: Yeah, I actually had a I actually had a nice week too. I had one lineup that was uh, one of my better lineups I've ever had. Every guy scored except I had one bomb in the middle, and it was Ezekiel Elliott at eighty seven hundred who did absolutely nothing. Just killed a really good team.
2: Yeah, you know what? Uh, I actually ended up having a uh, profitable week as well. Uh, pretty good overall. Um, what's cool is I I ended up playing on uh, across five sites, and wow, you know okay. three of them are kind of yeah kind of the smaller ones that you know as people know, but I think it's kind of a, a little bit of a, a Little little bit of a nice secret there because um, you know there there's some good pricing on those sites. Uh, the other thing is because I'm spending so much of my time you know building those Fanduel lineups and, and on DK as well. You know I, I'm just kind of going in there on Thursday throwing something in and not really going back and tweaking. And uh, you know I've been doing this since last year and you know really been working well. So um, you know just something for people to keep in mind out there that there are more than two sites. Um, yes, of course. This is sponsored by FanDuel, um, but you can play on FanDuel. You can also play everywhere else.
1: Absolutely, and I don't want to. I don't want to focus too much on Week Two. We'll move forward with Week Three. But I tell you what, my biggest bust was uh, Brandon Cooks. I was surprised, and you know the game flow worked out well. The Patriots scored a lot of points. Cooks did uh, Cooks did very little. He should have had a touchdown. Brady underthrew him on a play that went down to the one. He was wide open, but uh, he was kind of really disappointed considering how well the Patriots did, how many yards Brady threw for. I was shocked that Cooks was so awol.
2: Yeah, it was it was a shocker. Um, you know, as the week as we started moving towards the weekend, um, I did sort of uh, start getting in some Gronkowski into my lineup. Um, it just kind of seemed like a good week for him. Obviously, if he had stayed in the whole game, it could have been even bigger. So I did sort of start moving my exposure towards Gronk. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think this week is a little different because you don't have those games like New Orleans, uh, New England. And Atlanta, Green Bay uh, that we had last week that really stick out. Um, yes, there are some good games on the slate. Yes, there are a couple right around the 50 point uh, you know total mark. Um, but for the most part, I think you know this is a a good week where you know the chalk doesn't necessarily stick out and a f- uh, opportunities for us to uh, sort of differentiate and uh, you know perhaps take down a GPP.
1: And another another fun week where the Sunday night game is the uh, one of the bigger total games. So you got you're gonna have a lot of guys uh, a lot of guys for the late hammer again
2: absolutely it's a it should be a good one too hopefully a, a cousins rebound but I'm sure we'll get to that
1: and just yeah just a note we do lose out uh, one game to London that is not on the main slate so we won't be discussing uh, that game um, so uh, we'll jump right in now uh, the first game that I have on the slate here uh, the Denver Broncos going all the way to Buffalo to face the Bills Denver's favored by three with a super low over under of 40 and a half uh, start with the Broncos they're the visiting team uh, any plays here for you on the Broncos? I'm I'm not huge on the Broncos, but a couple of guys might be slightly interesting.
2: No, I mean you've got a really low total here. I do expect uh, somewhat of a defensive game, not too high paced. Uh, it is worth noting that uh, Trevor Simeon is getting a lot of love, uh, you know, after these these first two games, tied with Matt Stafford for the most past TDs um, over the first two weeks. Actually, if you count that running touchdown um, that uh, that he ran in, you know, technically leads all quarterbacks in total touchdowns. Um, So, you know, it really is a great offense for him. He's got two solid veteran receivers who are great route runners. They're real pros and uh, really good at getting open on those intermediate routes. And that balance of a strong running game with C.J. Anderson, I think, is really key. Um, I do have to give a little bit of props to uh, my my, uh, my uh, buddy Boris, who who I think you know, uh, a fellow Russian, he's been in my <laughs> league for about 20 years. He sent me uh, his thoughts about putting uh, Trevor Simeon on his main lineup, and I basically scoffed at him and said, oh, come on bro, what are you, you know what, what are you doing here? And so you know, I- I'm definitely eating that one. He did end up playing it. I didn't get to talk him off of it. and so that worked out really well for him. Um, yeah, I mean, For the most part, I'm not too interested on the offensive side of this game. Uh, I do like how C.J. Anderson looks. They do mix in Jamal Charles there in a little bit. Devontae Booker has not yet played. Um, I just don't think I'm going to go uh, too heavy on that side of the ball. How about yourself?
1: Yeah, the Bills secondary is playing well. Uh, Cam Newton only threw for 228 against them. Josh McCown only 187. You know, not great quarterbacks, uh, at least Cam so far this year. But the Bills secondary is playing well. It's a it's a it's a road game. They got to travel all the way back east. My concern with C.J. Anderson is uh, left tackle Garrett Bowles got hurt. He won't play. Big part of that offensive line, and the Bills' rush defense has been nasty. Last week they held Jonathan Stewart, and Christian McCaffrey to 50 yards on 23 rushes. So uh, I think I'm just kind of staying away from the Denver offense, uh, at least in uh, in DFS. Uh, You know, if you have C.J. Anderson and and Demarius, you play them in your season long. But for a DFS reason, uh, I'm just I'm just kind of skipping Denver this week.
2: Yeah. What about the Buffalo side? I mean, uh, you know, you've got LaShawn McCoy obviously wasn't uh, too efficient last week. I believe it was nine yards on on 12, 12 or 11 carries, Um, you know, and and also you're looking back and and seeing how the Broncos held Zeke in check last week. Um, But, you know, I I still think the way for the Bills to stay competitive in this game is through LaShawn McCoy. I just don't know if I see huge upside with him. Um, I think those uh, the, the corners and the slot corner Harris, Talib, and Roby should be able to contain Buffalo's wide receivers in this one, and that possibly Denver's going to game plan again to try to stop McCoy like they did uh, Zeke with la- Zeke last week.
1: Yeah, I think that uh, you know the Panthers kind of showed that roadmap last week. They just they just put a bunch of guys in the box, stop shady and you kind of make Ty- Tyrod Taylor the beach, he just doesn't have the weapons to do that anymore. Um, the Denver D held held Dak Prescott to 230- 238 passing yards on 50 attempts. They held Rivers to 192 yards. No way I'm playing Tyrod Taylor, even with the rush yards this week. And I just, uh, you know, LaShawn Le- McCoy aggravated that uh, the wrist for the second time. I'm worried that, he, you know, he gets hit one hit and he might leave early. Uh, you know, we're getting this game out of the way first, over under 40 and a half. I'm pretty much kind of fading this game altogether, maybe – maybe a CJ Anderson or two in a, in a GPP but uh not really uh, not really much I like in this game.
2: Yeah, and I think that there are a lot of uh you know potential D- uh, DSTs that we can play this week that um yeah, you you know you could potentially go Denver but again this is not a home game for them so it's not necessarily an ideal spot.
1: Yeah, so let's uh, let's move on to the next game. Uh we'll move on to a game that's a little more fun, a little more action. That's the New Orleans Saints at the Carolina Panthers. Carolina's actually favored by six. Uh, says a lot about uh, New Orleans how they've looked the first couple weeks. Over/under is forty-eight. Start on the uh, the visiting side. Drew Brees is eighty-four hundred on Fanduel. Seems uh, seems a little too expensive for me on the road against a pretty good defense.
2: Yeah, I mean on the N- New Orleans side, I think I, I definitely uh, am interested in in a Brees Michael Thomas combo, uh, especially if we have a scenario where they're trailing and passing in the second half, as as we might assume. Uh, you know breeze has been been really sharp he's completed nearly 66 percent of his passes through the first two games um you know worth noting last year uh, in the one home game game against Carolina Uh, he threw for 425 yards and four touchdowns in the road game uh, he threw for 285 yards and and, and one touchdown I believe there Um, but yeah I mean it's definitely interesting we'd like to see you know Willie Sneed back but he's not going to be back for another week Uh, Cody Fleener, Kobe Fleener should probably pick up a little bit of the slack there um, as well as Brandon Coleman so, uh, you know, in general, you know, you know, even Mark Ingram is a guy where, you know, with Alvin Kamara, the rookie, um, you know, getting into the action there. I, uh, I actually have a couple of spots in my season longs. Of course, that's a whole nother podcast altogether where I may not necessarily even be playing Mark Ingram in this one.
1: I greatly appreciate you bringing up the, uh, the home game against Carolina in magical week six last year. That was a wonderful day. <laughs> um, I agree with you on Breeze. I think that uh, I just don't like to play him at the price when he's on the road. His road home splits are just so dramatic. And he doesn't doesn't get priced down that much when he's on the road. The guy I really like in this matchup is Michael Thomas. You mentioned him a little bit. I don't think I'll be stacking him with Breeze, but I think I'll be playing him by himself. I think I like the heavy volume. I don't love the receivers other than Thomas right now. Ted Ginn's dropping balls. Fleener's been good. But, you know, there's just not Brandon Coleman had a good game last week. But Thomas is clearly the guy. 18 targets through the first couple of weeks 10 receptions I think he'll be low percentage this week There's a, we'll, we'll get into it as we get the slate There's a lot of guys in this range He's 7,500 They're going to be heavily owned A.J. Green's one of them I think Thomas is an excellent pivot off Green If you want to avoid the the high percentage on Green I think Thomas is going to be sneaky I think he's going to be low percentage I don't really trust the Carolina cornerbacks they face faced pretty weak competition so far With the Bills and the 49ers um, Garçon, Pierre Garçon did have a good game against him Marquise Goodwin dropped a 50-yarder Could have looked a lot different I think Michael Thomas at 7,500 is really interesting as a guy that's going to be under the radar this week.
2: Yeah, I like that play, especially you're not going to hear a lot about him, but you'll definitely see some ownership probably going to come in under 10%. Um, I would say pretty easily, um, you know, in general, I would love if this game was in new Orleans, they'll have that opportunity later on in the season. Uh, but, you know, the, the Panthers are much more, uh, they're a pretty, pretty solid, well-balanced team. Um, you know, so, you know, best way to attack is really hoping that the game flow goes in Carolina's favor and having Breeze throw the ball a lot in the second half um, and trying to catch up kind of like last week Uh, but you know what are your thoughts with Cam Newton Uh, because personally uh, I'd use a a healthy Cam Newton in this matchup in a heartbeat Uh, man he's just been so inaccurate since last year he's dealing with his ankle uh, uh, with the ankle injury shoulder problems Um, you know I think I'm going to have some some cam exposure uh, most likely, a little bit more so in GPPs. I don't think I can use him in cash this week. Uh, and also, I think Kelvin is uh, mispracticed on Wednesday. We did see Devin Funchess see seven targets last week, and Greg Olson isn't in the picture either. So, what do you think of Cam?
1: Yeah, I think Cam's kind of the, the most polarizing guy this week. You've got when you look at the matchup side, it's as good as it gets. You know, the Saints have given up 783 yards in two games, six touchdowns uh, through the air. So it's tough. It's a prime matchup, but he looks bad. He's rusty. Uh, he didn't play all all the preseason. He's, like you said, his shoulders hurt, his knees hurt. I mean, he's missed two or three wide open touchdowns so far. I watched a lot of his week one game. they playing the 49ers. If anybody doesn't know, I'm a 49er fan, so I watched a lot of that game. I mean, he missed Ed Dixon standing by himself in the end zone. So uh, no Olsen hurts. Um, he The fact he doesn't run anymore uh, really hurts. You know, I don't think they're going to have him run with all the, the banged upness that he has right now his on his offensive line struggling the bills had six sacks against him so he's like you said i think i agree with you he's more of a gpp play for me a guy that you know could go off based on the matchup but i just don't like what i see right now and he's definitely not a safe play
2: and then what about the running back situation there? Uh, you've, you've got Jonathan Stewart, uh, the uh, the veteran there, who's been very effective or has not been very effective with his carries, just a 3.18 yards per carry uh, at 15 and 18 carries over his first two games and does get the goal line work and five red zone looks in the first two games as, as well. Uh, I mean, could this be a situation where game flow sort of works in his favor in the second half or has an opportunity to pop one in? And in, in the same vein, what about your boy, uh, Stanford Golden Boy, Christian McCaffrey, who, uh, you know, basically a lot of talk this week about him sort of going down between the tackles a little too easily uh, and perhaps the Panthers not using him correctly.
1: Uh, I think it's more Panthers not using him correctly, but I think he'll be fine running in the tackles. He, he did it at Stanford. I think he'll be fine. Jonathan Stewart's been terrible running through the tackles, too. So it's not like it's not like anybody else is going off. Their guys are not blocking really well. Uh, I'm okay on Stewart. Not really someone that I want. You, you need him to probably score a touchdown or two to really pay off. Um, I love McCaffrey this week, though. Probably not surprise anybody. I loved him week one. He did very little. Didn't like him as much last week. He was uh, kind of blob. But I think against the Saints, this really gives him a chance to get the ball in space. I think there's been a lot of buzz about the Panthers not using him right. I think they will make sure to get him in space. He's only lined up in the slot a couple times, which makes no sense to me. I would have him running, be running little slants right there. Uh, New Orleans was decent against the run last week, but Dalvin Cook thrashed him in week one. He had 127 yards. Uh, I like McCaffrey's playing a lot of snaps, 47 week one, 43 week two. Uh, Among the mid-value running back plays, I think I'm going to have a lot of McCaffrey. I think it's a risk. There's a chance that, uh, you know, he gets stuffed again, but I really like him to make uh, one, if not two, big plays this week.
2: Yeah, and I think just my final comment in this game is that uh, Ed Dixon needs to be considered. Uh, he is minimum salary over at Fanduel, forty five hundred. Uh, will be in play as Olsen's replacement. Um, not a particularly flashy guy, not in any uh, in any way. Uh, is a veteran of uh, has played a few years with Carolina now, uh, essentially a career backup tight end, and uh, you know used used a lot on uh, to block. And before that, played for Baltimore for several years. Um, but uh, he's Going to be a guy that will be looked at in the uh, in the end zone if Cam can actually hit him. And I think you'll definitely see him on uh, uh, you know up there among the top five tight ends owned this week.
1: So you mentioned the receivers really quickly. You mentioned that uh, Kelvin Benjamin mispracticed today. Uh, I read some more on that. It sounds like he's okay. He's got a couple tweaks going on, but I think he's going to play. Obviously a great matchup. The Saints have allowed 13 of 15 passes over 15 yards to be completed. They've been getting thrashed. You mentioned Devin Funches, too. Without Greg Olsen, he's kind of that big target. Uh, he had seven targets last week, four catches, 68 yards. He's not a game-breaker. He's not very fast, but he's kind of the guy that replaces the tight end. You know, he played tight end in, in, in college at Michigan. Um, he's interesting. Uh, I don't think there's a lot of upside. feels like more of a cash game play to me if you need someone cheap.
2: Yeah, b- bunches of funches, man. I keep <laughs> drafting him every year, waiting for him to uh, to come up. And, uh, yeah, I mean, those, those uh, seven targets last week were definitely promising. And, um, you know, he's only 4,800 this week on FanDuel, and so – you know, I, I don't know if you'll see him in a lot of uh, cash lineups because of all the uh, the options and the fact that, you know, really it is sort of easy to be able to uh, fit lineups under the cap. Uh, but I think where you're going extreme and sort of loading up on, you know, say uh, two of Julio Jones, Antonio Bryant, Mike Evans, and you want to get Kareem Hunt in there or a Lev Bell uh, with a decent quarterback. He's one of those guys that will sort of fit in that type of lineup.
1: If Kelvin Benjamin plays, I assume he's going to be super high percent at sixty six hundred. You agree with that? Uh,
2: I do. I do. I think he'll be probably among uh, the top eight to ten owned.
1: Yeah, I mean, Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, and Chris Hogan have all gone off against the Saints. I just think that uh, if he plays, he's healthy, he's good to go. You got to think, you know, a touchdown is like the absolute floor. What we got next? Uh, next, let's move out to uh, Soldier Field. We've got the um, Steelers and the Bears. Uh, interesting uh, cross-conference matchup here. Steelers are fared by 7.5. Obviously a different team on the road. They're not as good on the road, but they still fared by 7.5. over is 45.5. Start with the road team, the Steelers. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, he's 8,000 this week on FanDuel. I kind of fall on him like I do with Breeze. I just don't see a reason to pay up for him. He's so much better at home. It's a good matchup. They're going to score some points. I just don't think it's worth paying up to 8,000 for him.
2: Yeah, I think there's just too many quarterbacks that I'm interested in that range. Um, of course, there's always the uh, the road the road game narrative. Um, obviously, if this game was in uh, Pittsburgh, you'd probably have a, a huge you know, two touchdown spread, most likely. But um, you know, in general, I don't I don't really see how the Bears, um, you know, with that uh, decrepit offense and possibly without Jordan Howard is really going to be able to hang with Pittsburgh. Um, I do think Pittsburgh crushes them in this one. And, you know, perhaps is a chance where Ben isn't really going to have to throw a lot in the second half.
1: That is an interesting theory because it comes to my favorite play of the week. I've been off him the first two weeks. I am fully on Le'Veon Bell this week. The (laughs) price is is down to 8,700. Um, he played 68 snaps last week, up from 43 the week before. I kind of look at he got he needed one game to get acclimated to the game speed and football shape, then a game to shake off the rust. Now it's time to unleash Le'Veon. Uh, the Bears did hold uh, Devontae Freeman well in week one, but Jaquiz Rogers got 67 yards and a touchdown against him. Peyton Barber had 10 carries, 47 yards. The game flow should be good for Le'Veon. Uh, like I said, the price is down. You know, he was in the 9,000s the first two weeks. Now he's down to 8,700. Um, I love Bell this week. I think he finally breaks out. The price is down. the game flows perfect. It's a nice kind of outdoors game for me. You' can really grind it out. Uh, love Levy on this week. He's gonna be kind of the kind of the core for a lot of my lineups.
2: Yeah, and you know the other thing is, uh, I you know, I do think that we'll see him probably as the you know the fourth or fifth highest owned uh, running back on vandal this week. Yeah, um, and especially because, you know, obviously the the the, the chalk fail last couple of weeks. And or last week, obviously he wasn't chalk, but uh, you know, especially since Chicago, their the run defense has actually done a decent job of containing running backs through the first two games, which could be somewhat of a mirage. But only 53 yards combined to Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman in week one. And though Quiz did get into the end zone last week, uh, he only he only had 67 yards. And so, um, you know, I don't think there's really any way that you know people are going to be feel comfortable, or at least you know the casual player you know, clicking on Bell's name over a Kareem Hunt uh, simply because of recency bias. And so I'm on board with you, man. Uh, I'm all over Bell this week. Uh, It is worth noting that, um, you know, for season long owners, and I did tweet this the other day, um, you know, if he doesn't come through this week, they're going to be scared because the following three matchups and though Le'Veon Bell is technically matchup proof, he gets to face the Ravens at Baltimore, home against Jacksonville and at Kansas City, three tough defenses
1: absolutely what do you do with uh, what do you do with the receivers with Pittsburgh then we talked about how Ben on the road is not as good but you know Antonio Brown's kind of matchup proof and home road proof he obviously went off in week one um you know he's 9,000 though he's tough he's awesome he can go off anytime but 9,000 on the road is tough when they could be uh could be running the ball a lot in the second half 11 targets per game though um they kind of forced stuff to him last week it felt like he he and Xavier Rhodes were trying to have a battle and they kept forcing the ball to him uh what do you do with Brown this week I mean obviously he's he's a guy that can go off anytime but you know, fully priced.
2: Yeah, he's fully priced. Uh, you know, it's going to be Emma Kumara, who I think is going to be in, playing, uh, along with M- uh, Marcus Cooper, the cornerbacks They're tangoing with uh, Brown and Martavis. Um, they did allow Mike Evans to catch seven of nine targets uh, for 94 yards last week. And Julio basically caught five balls for 108 yards in his sleep the prior week. Uh, I do know that, you know, the Bears secondary does try to harness the big plays. And, you know, they allow plenty of that underneath stuff, which is where, you know, Brown can really burn them. Uh, you know, I, I I do like Brown. Um, unfortunately, I'm going to kind of be in that position where I'm going to be having to choose between him and Le'Veon, even though there are different positions. They just take up so much of your cap. Uh, if I had to uh, pick one, I would probably go with Le'Veon Bell and sort of pay down a little bit on my wide receiver one.
1: Yeah, as we get as we get further in, you'll see. I like uh, I like big running backs and mid range wide receivers this week. I've kind of built some lineups that way. So I'm the same way on Brown. Uh, what about our boy Martavis Bryant? Came up big for us last week. We uh, we pumped him pretty hard on the podcast, and he came up big. Uh, had one big catch and also a short touchdown catch. Uh, only four targets, but he's one of those guys that you know he only needs one or two targets to hit it big. Uh, what what do you follow Martavis this week at 6,500?
2: He's solid. I think there's just a lot of options that I like in that range. Um, I don't see game flow in a spot where you know if he doesn't hit a big one early, um, he's probably not going to have a, a game similar to to the one he had last uh, week. There's just a lot of uh, a lot of goodness this week. I think at wide receiver, that I don't think that's a spot I'm necessarily going to go to outside of you know maybe one uh, tournament play.
1: So we, we flip side to the the home team. You know the Bears obviously uh, a little bit a uh, little bit not as fun on offense as the Steelers are. The only guy that I'm kind of really looking at this week is running back Tariq Cohen. He's still only 5,600. Um, he struggled last week. Uh, running the ball, he wasn't effective. He was seven uh, seven carries for 13, 13 yards, but it's those targets. He has 21 targets through the first two weeks. In a PPR format, uh, he's been fantastic. I mean, he's catching the ball a ton. He had eight catches last week, only 55 yards. So real football-wise, he was actually pretty poor last week. But you know, if you PPR, he's been pretty good. Uh, are you jumping on Cohen at 5,600 this week?
2: Uh, I wouldn't say jumping uh, definitely intrigued I, uh, I I don't think we'll necessarily see that high uh, of ownership uh, with him this week unless Jordan Howard is declared out of the game right um, but you know it is a good it, obviously it's a good spot but I think it's a it's a place where you know Jordan Howard may actually you know because of his injury sort of play second fiddle to him again this week if he is active uh, you mentioned 21 targets through the first two games, leads all running backs uh, in targets by a lot. I believe Melvin Gordon is next with 14. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, if the game flow uh, flows the way we are expecting it to, then, you know, then it's it's going to be a lot of Tariq Cohen in the mix, uh, maybe some Zach Miller as well. Um, but again, Pittsburgh, I really like the Pittsburgh defense in this one. Um, and so, you know, I think, I think uh, you know, it, it, it's not necessarily a spot that I'm going to go out of my way three calling
1: fair enough no point in spending too much time on the uh, Bears offense uh, move on to a really interesting game uh, the Atlanta Falcons visit uh, Detroit against the Lions Atlanta is minus three in this game as a road favorite over under of 50 we have our first of two games with an over under of more than 50 points uh, starting with Atlanta what where, uh, where do you kind of think the offense is coming from on their side
2: Man, I love this game in general for DFS purposes. I think it's going to be one of the highest target to, targeted games on the slate. Uh, matchup between two great quarterbacks. Uh, actually, Stafford might be sort of this year's season long version of Matt Ryan, a guy who's uh, been around and been around for a while, but uh, you know, sort of is a drafted as a QB two in season long leagues, and you know, puts up one of those you know potential QB three or four overall seasons, and just really out earns his, his, his uh, season long draft value. Um, you know, I think, uh, both Ryan and Stafford are, are both cash game viable. Um, you know, Freeman and Coleman, they're always tough to choose between, uh, obviously, you know, uh, they're at different price points. Uh, Freeman's a little bit more expensive. Uh, not many people were on him last week and obviously he went off and had a nice, nice little game. Um, I usually prefer to target Freeman in home games. Um, we're going to probably see a little bit of Darius slay, uh, on Julio Jones, but I like Julio this week. I think he, he eats. Um, I don't think we've quite seen what uh, we were promised with the Sarkeesian offense, where Julio is just going to be, you know, peppered with targets in the red zone. Uh, I'd love to see it. I'm hoping week three is that first spot.
1: Yeah, I'm going to be watching the injury report close in this game. I love uh, Gerard Davis, playing, who plays middle linebacker for the Lions. He was all over the field on Monday night, but then he got a concussion. So a lot depends if he can play. I think if he can play – um, they can really shut down the run game I mean they shut down David Johnson week one he had 11 carries to 23 yards before he had his uh, his injury when he hurt when he hurt his wrist um if, if Davis can play I'm not really focusing on the Atlanta running backs if he doesn't though I think that frees up a lot of space uh, I might start to move to Devontae Freeman a little bit it's still indoors I like Freeman on turf he's gonna be on turf in this game so uh, a lot of it comes down to if Davis plays for me
2: yeah, what about uh, the Detroit side? Uh, you've got uh, Theo Riddick, who I think is going to be a popular target uh, this week uh, because people who are in the know know that you attack with running backs against uh, against the Falcons, uh, ones that catch, path, catch passes, that is. Tariq Cohen, 8 for 47 in the first week. Ty Montgomery, 7 receptions for 75 yards. Um, so Riddick's caught 9 of 10 passes in his last two weeks. He's only 5,600 on FanDuel. Um, probably a little bit of a stronger play over on DK for fifty one hundred, but I think he's someone that might be considered for uh, for cash game lineups this week.
1: Yeah, I usually don't play a lot of you know kind of the third down patch, pass catching backs in uh, in Fanduel with the half point PPR. Just you're so game flow dependent; it's got to work out for them to get uh, get that action. But Riddick is one of those guys that he's always playing. He gets uh, he and uh, Amir Abdullah kind of split snaps, so they usually get about the same number of snaps. They were I think twenty nine and twenty eight, or twenty eight and twenty seven this last week. So. I'm okay on Reddick. I just don't. Uh, I don't love his upside to score a couple times. I don't love his upside to, you know, put up a bunch of yards. Most of his upside is is catching the ball and getting a bunch of PPR points. Probably not a play for me on, on FanDuel on a full PPR side. I might be more interested.
2: What about Abdullah? Uh, definitely, he looked better on Monday Night Football. Um, everybody is basically calling for him to be hung, <laughs> basically as a uh, as a uh, fantasy player. Uh, ran for 87 yards. Looked sharp. Uh, is he somebody you're considering this week?
1: You know who he is. He's only sixty one hundred. I thought he looked really good last week. He, like you said, he had eighty six yards on Monday night. He also had a couple plays that came back. A couple he had uh, one screen pass and one run that were both really nice. That both got came back came back on holding penalties. Uh, he'll be very low on per, uh, level percentage. Uh, kind of a GPP flyer. The interesting part is um, Vic Beasley's probably not going to play. He's going to be out for the Falcons. He's their stud linebacker. You know Abdullah feels ready to break a couple long ones. He's uh, he's he's kind of almost got there. He had a 35 yard run on Monday night that he almost broke for a longer touchdown. And like you said, Atlanta uh, struggled to cover running backs out of the backfield. I think he might catch a couple passes too. I know Riddick is the main pass catcher there, but I think Abdullah might catch a couple balls too. He's a, he's a GPP guy for me. If I'm going cheap at running back at 6100, he's something then someone that I'm going to look at.
2: Yeah, sounds good to me.
1: What about uh, what about tight end in this game? Uh, Eric Ebron. He seems like he's finally fully healthy. He caught five of five targets on Monday night, 42 yards and a touchdown. Um, Atlanta's corners are pretty good, so I'm probably not going to play too much uh, Golden Tate, too much Marvin Jones. But uh, Stafford may really look to rely on Eric Ebron kind of in the middle or kind of checkdowns. Martellus Bennett was really active against the Falcons last week, but he dropped three or four passes. Kind of missed out in a big game. Uh, Where do you fall on Ebron at the 5,200?
2: He's solid. Uh, You know, obviously, you know, I think we're going to start to see his salary uh, bump up a little bit over the next couple of weeks. Uh, He was very active last week, caught all five of his targets for 42 yards and a touchdown. Uh, You know, the the previous week, not as uh, only basically only accumulated nine yards against uh, Arizona. Um, He's just sort of in that glut with a lot of uh, potential options there. Um, You know, Jack Doyle. Jared Cook, uh, Charles Clay, if he's healthy and playing, um, even Julius Thomas and, and Kyle Rudolph is depressed. His price is only fifty four hundred. So a lot of guys in that range um, that we're just going to absolutely have to nail. Uh, I do think because of um, you know the the high total in this game and the fact that Eric Ebron is a part of this offense, uh, I, I definitely has to be considered.
1: So one more sneaky guy in this game that uh, we kind of uh, skipped over: Muhammad Sanu, fifty four hundred on Fanduel. Uh, 15 targets the first two weeks. He had uh, nine targets last week. Uh, like we said, could be a high-scoring game. Uh, Darius Slay, you know, might be on Julio Jones a bunch. Uh, I think is a little bit sneaky. If you need to uh, really save with that third receiver, 5400 is pretty cheap for a guy who's been really active lately.
2: No, he's solid. And uh, I actually played him in one of the um, uh, tournament teams that uh, nice. uh, ended up cashing last that's week. A good, that's a good play last uh, week. Yeah, worked uh, worked out over on the other site. But um, yeah, I mean, 85 yards last week. Really never know when those games are going to come. But a lot of times when when Julio is is covered and the running backs aren't as active, you know, Sanu is definitely one of those guys. Uh, Very well priced. 5400. Probably not somebody I'm going to go uh, crazy after this week, uh, but definitely somebody that deserves our attention.
1: So before we move on to the next game, a quick note from our sponsor, FanDuel. Fancy football fans, the wait is over. F- football is back. We're now in week three, which means FanDuel is back. FanDuel is fancy football for everyday fans. You have new contests starting every week. No busted seasons. If you took David Johnson, that doesn't hurt you in FanDuel. You just get someone new next week. There's something for everyone. Lots of contests to choose from starting at just $1. Obviously, every sport, too. There's football, baseball, basketball is about to start. Hockey is about to start. golf's still going on. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and watch your score in real time. Always a lot of fun. You know, in my season-long leagues, I didn't have a lot of Aaron Rodgers, and I was able to play a bunch of him last week. So, you know, it really, uh, really adds to your excitement watching the games. There have been over 2.5 million players who have won a cash prize playing on FanDuel. Take advantage of our special offer for new users. Sign up today at fanduel.com slash RW. That's RW. You'll get a free six-month six month Rotowire subscription, plus a free entry into the NFL Sunday Million, which offers more than $1 million in cash prizes with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com/RW for that special offer. Void where prohibited. So, uh, Vlad, we moved from uh, a couple games that are really fun. We hit the last couple games to a game that uh, only an over under of forty. We got the Cleveland Browns visiting the Indianapolis Colts. Not really a game that's going to be on many uh, many main TVs for people that have multiple TVs. The Browns are actually favored on the road by a point and a half. Believe it or not.
2: I was going to say, uh, when was the last time that I, I started digging in? And uh, <laughs> I think it might take me a while to figure out. You know how many decades ago that the Browns <laughs> were favorites on the road. It's definitely um, been a while. I'm, yeah, and and I think I'm I'm actually actually do have a little bit of interest in this game. I'm most interested in that uh, pharmaceutical sounding combo of uh, Kaiser Higgins. Uh, I think it's a nice cheap little GPP combo to be able to fit in some studs around there. Uh, you know Kaiser missed part of last game. Had a migraine that he says is hereditary. Uh, You know, obviously was intercepted three times, but that just wasn't a good spot. You know, many people weren't on him, but they did play him in week one for his uh, basically his NFL debut. And it worked out for people in cash. Um, I think it will be interesting, especially with now Corey Coleman, unfortunately, out uh, for a while. Uh, you know, Rashard Higgins stepping up. Only fifty one hundred on FanDuel. I do believe he's going to be popular. I do think we'll see him in some cash game lineups this week? Uh, Eleven targets last week, and I think he'll be the primary beneficiary with Coleman out. And the fact that Britt just essentially really looks lost, and uh, you know hasn't really been able to establish a rapport with him. Um, you know, Higgins is. Uh, not necessarily impressive speed wise, you know, ran a four, six, four, uh, 40, uh, you know, but he's six one one ninety six, has a nice catch radius. Uh, I think we'll, he'll probably see some red zone targets this week. Um, what do you think about him? You think he could be one of those chalk busts or do you like him?
1: Um, uh, I'm going to be the wet blanket on this one. I don't really like Kaiser this week. He's 6,900. So he's cheap, but not that cheap. Um, I know he had the migraines last week, but he threw four interceptions. He only has one touchdown through two games. And everybody talks about his rushing, but, you know, he only had 26 yards last week, 17 yards the week before. He's only had five rushes in the game. It's not like he's running a lot. He had the touchdown in week one, which is obviously huge and and helped where he was really cheap in in both both FanDuel and DraftKings. But uh, Vontae Davis was limited, but he's at practice. So it's a good step. So we don't know that he's not going to play for the Colts. So if he plays, that really drops him down even more for me. I'm just not seeing it for FanDuel. You know, there's so many quarterbacks, and you've got to hit on your quarterback. Uh, I'm I'm one of the few that d- doesn't like Kaiser this week.
2: What about Isaiah Crowell? Obviously very disappointing over his last uh, – in his first two games, 9.6 FanDuel points against Pittsburgh, just uh, 33 yards on 17 carries. And then last week at Baltimore – uh, ten rushes for thirty seven yards, and no t- I mean essentially nothing in the receiving game. Just uh, you know he's done it before. We've seen it last year, but just three targets for two yards in his first uh, first two games. How do you think game flow works for him, and do you think he's a sneaky bounce back play?
1: Yeah, he's had some bad game scripts, but uh, you know uh, on the uh, some facts too, I mean, Cleveland's offensive line has struggled to start the year, both pass and run blocking again up a lot of sacks. Uh, haven't opened up holes for Crowell. And he's kind of been sneaky good against the run. You know, we talk about how bad their pass defense is, and it has been bad, giving up a lot of yards. But, you know, Todd Gurley was 19 rushes for 40 yards. Kerwin Williams was 9 for 22. Uh, Chris Johnson had a little bit of success, but he's still only 11 for 44. The, the best thing I see about for Crowell is maybe they get a lead and he runs the ball in the second half. But 6,600, um, you know, I prefer Christian McCaffrey in that range. I prefer Dalvin Cook in that range. Um, so I don't think I'm going to have a lot of Crowell. I could see it working out if they get a lead, but... I'm just not trusting Cleveland to get a lead for something that I'm gonna put in a you know a money lineup.
2: yeah, and it's hard to do, especially with uh, you know the dynamic rookie Dalvin Cook there uh, right there in his price range. It's, it, you're not going to see a lot of ownership on Crowell this week. Um, what about the Indianapolis side of the ball? I think you're going to see a little bit of ownership with uh, the Indy defense after Kaiser threw all those picks last week. um anyone on on that side that interests you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you're going to see a lot of ownership on Jack Doyle. He's 5300. Showed a pretty good connection with Jacoby Brissett last week. Eight targets, he caught them all, which is obviously impressive. Eight uh, catches for 79 yards. Cleveland has struggled against tight ends too. Uh, Jesse James had two touchdowns against them the first week, and then Ben Watson had eight catches for 91 yards. The ghost of Ben Watson is back.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's still around. I- I'm I'm still waiting. Uh, I'm still not dropping my uh, Nick Boyle share in the, uh, in the <laughs> Scott Fishbowl. So we'll we'll see. An injury will hopefully not occur, but um it, it seems to uh, plague him wherever he
1: goes. So if you're going to go if you're going to go really really sneaky, um TY Hilton is down to 6700. I mean, this is a guy that uh, when healthy and when Andrew Luck's playing as a second round pick. I know he struggled badly without Luck, but 6700, he's had some really tough cornerback matches to start the first two weeks. He does have 13 targets and 106 yards. So he hasn't been horrendous. Uh, any interest in Hilton as a super super low percentage GPP flyer this week?
2: I'm going to have uh, some some Hilton only because I think that there's going to be some craziness where, you know, the million dollar winning lineup is going to have a, Col- a Colts player on there, uh, <laughs> whether right. it's him or Moncrief catches a couple of touchdowns for 80 yards or, uh, you know, Jack Doyle just does his work like he does every week. Um, just just sort of the sneaky feeling. Um, Ty Hilton is all but forgotten um, with no Andrew Luck. I think uh, Jacoby Brissett, thank goodness that they brought, uh, you know, got him in over uh, Scott Tolzien because at least he is serviceable. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not going to go crazy over it. Um Not going to have a lot of exposure to the cold side of the ball. But the uh, all-but-forgotten T.Y. Hilton uh, definitely want to have a couple of shares.
1: So moving on to our next matchup, there's actually no line set in this matchup yet due to Sam Bradford being questionable. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who looked really good in their first game last week at the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Looking at Tampa first, uh, Jameis Winston, 7,400. You know, the Minnesota D is uh, is tough, especially tough at home usually. Uh, I don't have any issue with Winston this week. I don't dislike him, but just not someone that I'm targeting.
2: Yeah. So not only am I not targeting him, um, you know, in a couple of uh, season longs, and sorry for people that, you know, just tune in for DFS. You have to hear a little bit of the season long, um, you know, a couple leagues where I have, you know, an, a good alternate option. Uh, I may not even go with 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 uh, Winston in my season longs. I just kind of, you know, I think that the offense plays a little conservatively. Um, you know, obviously, I think Minnesota defense is a tough matchup. Um, The one week link there I believe is And unfortunately everyone eh, Everyone else is on it as well Is I really like Deshaun Jackson in this matchup Only 6,400 Damn everybody's on that yeah, you know, you, I mean, you know, me, you know, you know, me, man, when I when I say everyone, it's like, you know, 10 people on, on, on uh, DFS Twitter. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's just a really good it's just a really good spot for him against Trey Wayans, who's really the weak link of that secondary. Um, obviously got burned by uh, Martavis last week, um, you, know, all, you know, over and over. And, um, you know, the. Cousins is throwing the ball to him. You know, it's just, you know, just hasn't really worked out. You know, we know Deshaun Jackson is one of the fastest guys in the league, even in his, um, you know, elevated age. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's going to connect at some point this week, and I think this might be the spot.
1: I love, love, love D-Jack this week. I think he's one of those guys that, uh, you know, everybody looks at the stats and it's not going to show up. Uh, if you watch the game on TV, he had a – just missed a long touchdown in the first quarter. He just missed a, a deep ball in the second quarter, just overthrown that he was open. And a third quarter, he had another deep attempt where he kind of got turned around. I love the fact that he, I love the fact moving to this week that he didn't catch any of those. He was only three for 39. Everybody's going to see the seven targets, but not really dig into it. And I think that at 6,400, I think he will get lost a little bit with Kelvin Benjamin and Devontae Adams being highly owned at 6,600. 6, I think DJ is going to be a little sneaker than you do. He's one of my favorite GPP plays this week. When they when they're throwing three deep balls to him the first game, they really want to get him involved. Um, you know, Xavier Rhodes going to be on Mike Evans. The Vikings are also going to they'll probably shade a safety over there to help out a little bit too. Uh, I think DJ hits a big one this week, and I wouldn't be surprised if he hit two big ones this week.
2: So my only questions are: Are um, you so you're telling me that? He had like 3,000 air yards last week. And secondly, <laughs> that you're the only person that calls him DJack when the rest of us call him DJacks. But uh, it's cool, man. I like it.
1: Uh, I didn't actually think about that. I guess I, got, I think I write DJacks, but I say D-Jack. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so what about what about the Vikings? Uh, so much of the Vikings depends on Sam Bradford. He's day to day. Had limited practice. Um, they, they said he's feeling a little bit better, but uh, you know he didn't look good in warm up. So uh, I expect him not to play. But you know I think he's one of those guys that Sunday morning you have to side on the on the Vikings offense. It, let's just say he does play. Is there anybody you like if he does play?
2: Uh, I mean I like Dalvin Cook regardless. So obviously it's a lot better situation if Bradford is there and they're okay. o- able to open up a little bit with the pass attack. Uh, But, you know, obviously, you know, he's still underpriced there at 6,500. You know, Latavius Murray is all but forgotten. Um, Even Jarek McKinnon is not really in the mix. Um, I think I love him. He's going to get a heavy workload regardless. Um, We're just, you know, sort of hoping that, uh, you know, that, you know, that they don't, uh, you know, are, are, are using him the whole game.
1: Yeah, my only concern is if Case Keenan plays, I just think they stack the box. I like the Bucks mm-hmm. front seven, especially if Quan Alexander plays. He's questionable. I mean, they abused Jordan Howard and Tui Cohen in the run game. 16 carries for 20 yards. Um, I think that uh, I think Cook, is uh, for me, is a nice play if, if Bradford plays. If he doesn't, I'm probably just going to avoid that one.
2: Yeah, and I think it's also worth noting that uh, you know last week, um, the Bears were only able to gain 20 yards on 16 carries against this, uh, this, this def- defense that I think is actually pretty stout.
1: Yeah, if Bradford plays, I like Adam Thielen a little bit. I think uh, Brett Grimes will be on Stephon Diggs. Uh, Kendall Wright uh, was was big last week out of the slot against the Bucks, so uh, he had a lot of catches. And Adam Thielen's a way better player right now than Kendall Wright is. So I, I think Adam Thielen's really interesting if Bradford does play too.
2: I agree with you. What's next on the on the slate?
1: So next we move to uh, New England, home of the uh, home of the champs, uh, the Houston Texans mm-hmm. visit the Patriots. New England's a thirteen point favorite in this game but kind of a low over-under for that big a spread, over-under 43.5. Obviously, the books do not think that uh, Houston's going to score a lot of points. Uh, there's one guy in Houston I think is really interesting and could be really good. Uh, anybody you like on the Texans' offense first?
2: Yeah, I mean, to me, uh, and maybe this isn't the same guy you're talking about, but uh, DeAndre Hopkins is really the only guy I want on the Houston side. Uh, he already leads the league with 29 targets, and, um, you know, although Bill Belichick always does his best and uh, oftentimes is successful uh, eliminating the opposing team's top offensive weapon. Um, Pats have just been getting thrashed, you know, allowed 700 passing yards over the first two games, uh, which is the second worst mark in the league. Um, I think it's, you know, perhaps a unit that may get stronger, but uh, you know, actually may not. Um, They lost Logan Ryan in the offseason, one of their quarter cornerbacks, And that secondary really sort of appears to be their Achilles heel early on. Uh, Last week, Malcolm Butler actually got benched for Eric Rowe, who then ended up leaving the game with an injury. And so um, I think they've got some problems there. And even though they know the ball's going to Hopkins, they may not be able to stop him.
1: Yeah, that was the the guy I was thinking of, too. Uh, I I agree with you on Belichick taking it away, but I think it's going to be the second half. I just think it's a great game script. I think they're going to be down, and Deshaun Watson's absolutely just locked in on him. The 29 targets, he has seven catches each week. Um, I just think, especially in a P- – he could be a PPR monster this week. He catch a b- bunch of balls in the second half. They're going to be losing. Um, like you said, Malcolm Butler was benched. I think I think Hopkins is interesting. Another interesting pivot off A.J. Green. We keep talking about pivoting off A.J. Green because he's going to be popular. We'll get to that game in a minute. But, um, yeah, I think Hopkins is 3,500. Uh, he's expensive enough where he won't be highly owned, but he could be a sneaky play, especially on a, in a full PPR slate.
2: Yeah, We need one of those uh, those thingies that go cash game play of the week. (laughs) Yeah. uh, What about on the uh, on the other side of the ball? I mean, obviously, you know, it's really tough to uh, figure out where all the action is going to be coming from Uh, with New England. uh, We see that potential game script in the second half. Got a couple of guys that are dealing with knee injuries in Gronk and Chris Hogan. Both are downplaying it. Uh, even Rex Burkhead suffered a hip injury, uh, but was actually able to return to the game uh, with a punt return team in the fourth quarter. Uh, so, a lot of moving parts. Um, I want to hear who you like first, and then I'll tell you who I like.
1: Well, it's funny because you kind of know how I do this, and I love guys off bad games when they were highly owned. I love getting them at a lower percentage the next week. So I love Brandon Cooks this week. He's a prime. My brand. man. Last week's bum. Huge percentage last week, and he just sucked. He was two for 37. Like I said, just missed a touchdown. Uh, he's only he's the only really healthy guy they have on that offense right now. I mean, like you said, Hogan's hurt. Gronk's hurt. Burkhead's a little bit banged up. Only four targets last week. A lot of people are talking about the Texans pasty being good, but they've played Andy Dalton and Blake Bortles. You know, I don't really hold uh, hold that too much weight on that. I just don't think that, that really matters. Those guys are so bad right now. Um, I think Cooks hits a big one this week. I know I liked him last week. I was wrong last week. I'm going back to the well. Uh, if he burns me this week, we'll have to uh, reassess. But uh, I think Brandon Cooks is big this week.
2: Back to the well. I am down with you, brother. Uh, I do have a feeling that he uh, Brady is going to uh, you know grease that squeaky wheel uh, gonna target him early and often and uh, you know the only thing is I just don't you know I don't think it's a play that I would use for cash but I think in tournaments I'm ready to go back to him I love the talent that is Brandon Cooks um, we saw a little bit of that rapport in the preseason and I think we see a little bit of it this week um, the only other guy obviously that I think is in play and I say obvious because he is a, uh, a red zone beast. And that's especially in game flow where New England um, you know, are, are going to be favorites in a lot of these games. If we're smelling a blowout, then I want a piece of Mike Gillisley, uh, who continues to be very efficient at the goal line and in the red zone dating back to the Buffalo days. Um, Buffalo days, like, you know, last year, but, uh, you know, I, I like him for cash as well. 6,800 has multiple, t- uh, touchdown upside. I don't think he's just like a blunt guy because I think he is more talented, has better vision. And I don't think we've seen any of those big runs from him yet that I think that he's capable of. Uh,
1: yeah, I think I could see that. Uh, the, the play I like on the, on the other side is I like the new England defense at 4,900 on Fanduel. I think it's going to be a nice game flow. Deshaun Watson gonna be forcing some mistakes. I like their chances for a pick six in the second half. Uh, the offensive line for Houston struggle, they've allowed 10 sacks, uh, 10 sacks week one and three sacks last week. Um, you know, one of those things, it's a nice formula. Home game with a lead versus a rookie quarterback can be forcing some stuff. Uh, I think New England defense has been maligned, so I don't think they'll be very high percent, even against uh, even home against Houston. At 4,900, I think they could pay off.
2: Gilleslie, New England defense.
1: Correlation play. There you go. You really right. like that loud uh, Max Hedrum kind of voice.
2: <laughs> All right. What we got next? Miami and Jets. Enough of my distractions.
1: There you go. We've got uh, we got Miami visiting New York. Uh, the Dolphins are minus six against the Jets, the lowly Jets. The under is only 41 and a half in this game. Uh, call me crazy. I kind of like Jay Cutler this week.
2: Uh, yeah, he's interesting. Smoking Jay. Uh, my, you know, my only concern is, again, game script. And, of course, Game scripts throw it out of the out out of the window a lot. Every week we are projecting game script to go, uh, you know, games to flow a certain way. And then they go the exact opposite way. And then people that are on those offenses, you see them at the top of GPPs Um, in this specific game. I don't necessarily see that, Uh, meaning I don't see a scenario where the Jets are going to pull off to a big lead. And are really hurting Miami. And so that's my one concern with Cutler. Um, the other thing is Jarvis Landry, um, you know, with, uh, you know, dealing with a knee injury, though he was on the injury report last week. Um, and so, you know, he, he was a monster last week, caught 13 of 15 targets, uh, much more affordable on FanDuel, um, you, you know, but he's 6,800 um, on that site. Looks, looks, looks really good. Um, either way, I think expected game flow sort of dictates that Miami may not have to pass that much. Um, and and the other thing is they are a little bit of a slow paced run first offense and so you know I like Parker I like Landry um, I just don't know how much I'm going to have
1: of them. So you mentioned that game flow uh, I want to get to Devontae Parker in one second but where do you where do you fall on Jay Ajayi then uh, you know a prime matchup LaShawn McCoy ripped them for 110 yards uh, the Raiders three running backs last week had 123 yards between them Corey your boy Cordell Patterson he had a 57 yard rush TV on a reverse. Um heavy usage for Ajayi in week one. He had played sixty four snaps, twenty eight carries, hundred twenty two yards against the Chargers, had a couple catches. You know, he's he looked impressive. Eighty-two of his yards came out after contact week one, week two for week week one for him, week two for us. Uh, you know, like you said, prime game script. You know, the Jets can't stop the run, and they should be behind. Uh, I love Ajayi this week. Uh he's a, he's a kind of core cash game play for me at eight two hundred.
2: Yeah, and I'm gonna save you my max headroom play of the week. Uh <laughs> But he's my—I mean, he's—he's he, he's the guy that I want. Um, the fact that he's on the injury report today and was—you know—was just on the stationary bike and not practicing, I think is good because it's going to keep ownership off of him. I think it's just precautionary. It's something that actually cost him a, a high draft slot in the in the very beginning. This knee that's been bothering him. But uh, he's my favorite running back of the weekend. I think you know, like you mentioned, looked absolutely amazing last week. Um, going to get that heavy volume. Had 28 carries. Um, I think he's the best bet for 100 and a touchdown and possibly to go even bigger than that. Uh, defensive end Muhammad Wilkerson may actually miss this game as well as he's hurt in mispractice. So I think a lot of people are going to go in the direction of Kareem Hunt almost as an auto-click, and I think I actually prefer a Ajayi at a similar price point over him.
1: We mentioned uh, Devontae Parker real quick, just uh, real fast. He's another guy for me that kind of is one of those, you know, looked okay in the box board, looked really good on TV. He was 4 of 85, uh, but he had 9 targets and Jay Cutler targeted him deep five times. It is very clear that Cutler is going to give him a chance to make plays. He didn't quite make them this week. I think he's going to go deep to Parker multiple times every game. At 6,500, another guy that might get lost in that, uh, that, that mid-range uh, receiver mix with all the value there. I think Devontae Parker is a really nice GBP play who could be huge
2: yeah and in my first rendition of of uh you know a few of my lineups that I was putting together I did have Devontae Parker not with Cutler but that's probably a good idea. you might be onto something there um but yeah i mean he's I think he's a true beast um somebody I've been targeting in all my season long leagues um uh, always having to fight people for him because everybody loves them some Devontae waiting for this breakout uh but yeah he's an absolute beast and there really is something to be said with, uh, you know, damage that could be done in the first half. Uh, you know, same thing we saw last week with Tom Brady putting up all of his numbers in the first half. Uh, just because we're expecting game flow to flow in a certain direction in the second half doesn't mean that a lot of the uh, the fantasy points and a lot of the damage can't be done in the first half.
1: Yeah, I mean, the same thing with the Jets and Raiders last week. I mean, Michael Crabtree had three touchdowns in a game that was out of hand uh, by, half- by halftime.
2: Absolutely. What about the Jets side of the ball? Anybody uh, intrigue you there?
1: Nope. Uh, maybe some uh, Jermaine curse if there. Uh, nope. They seem to be feeding him. Then maybe some Jermaine curse uh, in PPR. But uh, I don't know. I just there's so many games and so many players. I'm just not touching the Jets. Uh, your boy Blah Powell is not good, by the way.
2: No, Blah Powell basically is what he was. <laughs> yeah. The only, you know the only other thing I will mention uh, just so that it's remembered right here and officially recorded that. I dropped Robbie Anderson, in one of my uh, NFFC teams. I think a lot of people might be dropping Robbie Anderson, and we're still waiting for him to appear. Just watch him catch a big one. It, 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 I, I just totally see it.
1: Uh, so moving from the AFC East to the NFC East, we have the Jets uh, visiting the Eagles. Eagles are a six-point favorite. The giant, the Giants. Sorry, the Giants. I said the Jets. The Giants have looked terrible so far. Uh, Eli's mm-hmm. looked bad. The running backs. Paul Perkins looks terrible. Um, the only guy that Who? I even, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The only guy I yeah. want to discuss on the Giants' offense is Odell Beckham. Uh, I was surprised how high his price is on Fanduel. He's eighty-eight hundred. He's fully priced. He only played thirty-four snaps last week. Uh, he will bump up his snaps, but I don't know. Playing eighty-eight hundred full price for a guy that's not one hundred percent in a tough matchup. Uh, I think I'm a full fade on Beckham this week.
2: Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, we saw obviously the you know the snap count and and people that use him in season long last week were birds as well, especially those that saved him, uh, saved that roster spot for the Monday night game. Uh, you know, going to go under owned. Obviously, can go off in any game. Not somebody I'm necessarily going to be targeting. Um, you may see some sharp touts on him. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll kind of see how the week goes. Uh, but I think we'll probably see somewhere you know around five percent ownership with him in tournaments.
1: Yeah, if he was if he was cheaper, I might consider it as a kind of a GP flyer. But eighty eight hundred, he's got to be vintage Odell to pay that much for him. I think.
2: Yeah, I think so. Um, outside of that, I mean, on the on the Giants side of the ball, there's just really nobody that I'm you know particularly interested in. Although I think this could end up being a close game with the Giants actually uh, you know stepping up for the first time.
1: So uh, on the Eagles side of the ball, there's there's two plays that I really like. Uh, I'll let you go first. Anybody in the Eagles that uh, you're gonna be heavy on?
2: Uh, no, there's somebody that I am really interested in. Um, but you know, just just to sort of, uh, you know, load it up. I mean, Carson Wentz has been a fantastic early surprise, uh, topping 300 yards in his first two games. Um, obviously it's a tough matchup for quarterbacks, um, against the giants. Anytime last year in his two games against the giants, um, wasn't necessarily all that efficient. Um, in the home game, he ended up, Just connecting on 13 of 24 passes for 152 yards, one touchdown, one interception – And in the road game, 27 for 47, obviously a lot of attempts for 364 yards, no touchdowns and two interceptions. Uh, Obviously, it's a little bit of a different offense here. They have all these running backs, none of which are reliable. And so obviously it's been a very um, high paced, um, you know, passing offense type of spot. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey probably is going to have his hands full with Janoris Jenkins, uh, who I think is going to play this week uh, after missing last week's game versus Detroit. The guy I'm interested in most and going to have some tournament exposure is Mr. Torrey Smith. And I think it could be his turn to uh, take a bite of the apple, um, Eli Apple, so to speak.
1: <laughs> that was well played right there. Uh, well, the, guy, the guy that I like is Zach Ertz this week. You mentioned uh, the the Giants being tough on the outside. Uh, he's 6,500, so uh, you know, high priced enough that I don't know a ton of people will be on him. What I like is that what tight ends have done to the Giants so far this year. Eric Ebron Mm -hmm. had five catches, 42 yards, and a touchdown last week. Jason Witten had his usual big game against the Giants. He had 59 yards and a touchdown the week before. Ertz has 18 targets through two weeks, you know, massive for a tight end. Yes, I know his one big play was lucky in week two, but, you know, he's getting balls thrown to him, and every once in a while you get some luck when that happens. You you can't get that if you're not getting the ball. Someone has to score this game. I don't love a ton of guys in the Eagles' offense, but they're going to score. The Eagles have a a pretty good offense right now. Um, I really like Zach Ertz to be big once again.
2: Yeah, and I think uh, that, I mean, in my first cash game build that I put together over on FanDuel, Zach Ertz is my guy because I can fit him there at 6,500. I do think you're going to see Eric Ebron and uh, probably Kelsey coming off of his big game in the mix, too. Uh, Probably a little bit of Jack Doyle as well. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I'm all about, you know, Ertz till it hurts in cash.
1: And the other the other play I like here I really love is the Philadelphia defense. They're only forty five hundred. Mm-hmm. I was surprised. Eli, like I said, Eli looks bad. He's going to make some mistakes. What Eli does, uh, the Eagles defense has four sacks in each of the first two games. The Giants offensive line looks terrible. He's been sacked eight times the first two weeks. So you've got a defense that's you know roaring with the sacks right now against and an offensive line that's having trouble protecting. Eric Flowers was getting abused at left tackle on Monday night. Detroit was just running over him and by him. I think they're a prime defensive play. I think they're priced way too low. I think they make a big play in the second half. Philadelphia D is my favorite defense this week on FanDuel at
2: $4,500. i am on your page, bro. They are, they are locked and loaded for my cash game lineups. I put them in uh, almost before anyone else, so I'm on your page.
1: Nice. Uh, we move to the 1 o'clock games. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks at the Tennessee Titans. Seattle is a strange team right now. Uh, we obviously know that they they are elite almost everywhere except for the offensive line. The horrendous offensive line is just killing their offense. They have one touchdown through two weeks. They you know they, they beat the 49ers with great defense, but they struggle on offense. They're a different team on the road. They are nowhere near as good at, on the road as they are at home. Uh, so what do you do with Seattle this week? They have so many talented guys on offense, but the offensive line is just killing them. Uh, so what do you do? I I think you might like Russell Wilson more than I do this week.
2: Yeah, and so the the thing is, I need to I, I'm. Heavily loaded with Russell Wilson on my season-long teams, uh, my high-stakes ones. I'm not panicking. The thing is I have to be able to separate uh, what's really going on and DFS and the money that I'm putting in there from my season-long. Must absolutely be separated. Nevertheless, call me crazy, I kind of like Russell Wilson a little bit in this one. Uh, Won't dare touch him in cash because of that offensive line, which – isn't just bad. I mean, it's like historically bad. And I do think the key here is though, is that Russ is a threat with his legs. And I think he could help out his passing numbers with, you know, potentially 50 to 70 rushing yards, maybe a rush TD. Um, I just don't think that the Tennessee defense is really that strong and it could be a spot for Russ to actually sort of put up, um, you know, after two disappointing outings.
1: So it's funny. You and I were talking uh, during the game, the Niners uh, Seahawks game, and the Niners took the lead And I I pretty, I said, you know, Wilson's now going to just take over, run the ball, and do Russell Wilson things. And he kind of just did that. I just don't know if he can do that for a whole game. When it's when it's one drive, he can run and scramble and and be crazy. But you can't do that for a whole game. He had thirty passes last week for one hundred ninety-eight yards. Does have seventy-four rushing yards between the two games, but he's under two hundred yards the first two weeks. Russell Wilson's supremely talented. He has, you know, he has Doug Baldwin. They got some good players there. I just, I don't know. I'm not seeing it like you are. He's so good that he could break out, but uh, I don't know. That offensive line is so bad that I'm just not playing him this week.
2: Yeah, and I think if anything, um, you know, it's going to be a thing where you know, if I've got ten lineups going, um, I do. I'm going to do just one where I I I put together a Wilson Baldwin and Lockett stack. If uh, P Rich is out of the game, I know um, he dealt with a dislocated finger last week. I think he should be okay, but I like the way that Lockett is getting a little bit more involved as he's uh, you know recovering from that gruesome injury last year. Uh, And so, yeah, just something I'm not going heavy on. Uh, Not necessarily a game I want to target too much with so many other good ones out there. Um, but just, you know, something I'm interested in there to throw in to try to win a million bucks. Um, what about the Tennessee side of the ball? Anyone interest you there?
1: Uh, I'm just not I just have no desire to attack the Seattle defense. I think they're the best defense in football. I think they're showing that in the first two weeks. The offensive line is killing them because they're, the, they're on the field a lot. But I mean, they were they looked really good last week. They looked good against the Packers. Uh, you know, DeMarco Murray's banged up, so uh, I'm just not going to mess with that. It could be him. It could be Derrick Henry. I'm not messing with Marietta or the receivers. The only play I like on Tennessee, and it's only a little bit because I still trust Russell Wilson a little bit, is I like the Tennessee defense. Can I team. guess? <laughs> I like the Tennessee oh. defense. Uh, Seattle's okay. lack six, sa- six sacks already. Their offensive line is a huge problem. Uh, I think Tennessee defense has a decent floor. They're going to get three or four sacks. Uh, the only thing is, that Seattle doesn't turn the ball over a ton. Wilson's usually pretty good about that. So um, Tennessee D's really cheap. They're forty three hundred. They're more of a uh, they're more of a you know super big tournament GPP flyer for me. I don't think a lot of people will be on them against the Seahawks, but at forty three hundred, they're cheap. If you really need to save money, you love your lineup, and you can't get it anywhere else, then you can go down to Tennessee. I just like Philadelphia at two hundred more, so much more that I, that's the way I'm going to go.
2: Yeah, and that's funny. I thought you were going to go with your boy uh, Delaney Walker, who's ah. uh, obviously. Really reliable, uh, you know, put up at least 60 yards in each of his first two games. Uh, Corey Davis is going to be inactive for this one. Uh, And Rashard Matthews and Eric Decker actually tied for the team's most red zone look so far with three apiece, though Decker has pretty much been invisible. Um, I do think that if, uh, you know, DeMarco Murray's hamstring injury keeps him out of this game. You're going to see some people sort of attack against the wall with Derrick Henry just because they're excited to get a little bit of a, a Derrick Henry action in finally, and finally an opportunity to start. And so um, not a play that's necessarily advisable by me and probably not by Scott, um, but it is worth noting uh, it is a very small sample, but against Seattle um, – opposing running backs are averaging 5.2 yards a carry, uh, which is the league's fourth worst mark. Again, just two games, but perhaps it's opening up to something bigger that if there's any spot to attack, it's that. I doubt it. I'm just throwing that stat out there for you.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, I, I talked about sales defense, how good they are, but Carlos Hyde looked fantastic against him last week. There's no there's no denying that.
2: Absolutely. Um, so I think in a, in a nutshell, um, just not a game that we're necessarily going crazy on. Um, obviously if you trust Scott a little bit more than me, as you probably should, uh, don't go heavy on Russell Wilson, just sort of throw him into a GPP lineup. If you don't mind burning a few bucks.
1: So moving on to a uh, Lambeau field, the Bengals are visiting green Bay in the afternoon. Uh, green Bay's fared by nine over under 44 and a half. Obviously the big, the big story this year is that Cincinnati's offense has just been terrible. They have them and the Niners have zero touchdowns on the season, which is hard to do after two full, two full football games. Um, so I'm not trusting Andy Dalton, you know, even against the, the Green Bay defense that uh, has had trouble in the past, uh, you know, against uh, quarterbacks and receivers. Their pass rush has been better this year. They, they've been pretty effective so far this year. They, they put some heat on Matt Ryan last week, uh, you know, even though Ryan played pretty well against him. They put a lot of heat on Russell Wilson. Uh, A.J. Green's the popular play in this game, I think. You know, it, it, receivers usually eat against the Packers. He, uh, he was verbal about not being used enough last week. They've changed offensive coordinators. you got to think that the, the squeaky wheel is going to get the targets this week.
2: Yeah, I mean, AJ Green, unfortunately, you know, I, I hate it when I when I see everybody talking about him, but when something's just obvious, um, you know, in cash games, it just sort of makes sense. I think the script really sort of uh, works in his favor for this one. And there really aren't any, um, you know, plays in that offense that you you can go with i mean if you think cincinnati is going to going to get a little bit of uh you know get a couple of touchdowns in this game i mean you know sure it could be random you know brandon lafell for two or something crazy but you're not really going to play brandon lafell you're going to assume that uh aj green is going to eat and for that reason alone i am interested in a dalton green combo in tournaments um and just from a viewership uh, standpoint i'm just going to be interested to see how this new offensive coordinator gets joe mixon involved um obviously with a scenario where um he may not get heavy volume if it is a blowout um you know but you know i just want to see joe mixon in the mix uh on the other side of the ball i think we may see a bananas first half out of this week's narrative uh Angry Aaron, similar (laughs) to last week's angry Brady, angry Tom after the, you know, the Packers disappointing trouncing at the hands of the Falcons uh, on Sunday Night Football. Uh, Obviously, Jordy Nelson is uh, 50-50 to play at this point, Um, saying he's going to play, but we'll see. Randall Cobb had an MRI on his shoulder. He's questionable. Um, You know, it's interesting. I think, uh, you know, if both Cobb and Nelson are out, you're going to see a lot of ownership with Devontae Adams this week. Uh, and also, Ty Montgomery is going to get some love. Obviously, after last week's uh, game, people are seeing him as an RB one. Um, the one thing that I did read today is that um, they are sort of going to scale back, or so they say, uh, Montgomery's um, you know snaps going going forward.
1: Yeah, I think the the big guy in this offense is going to be Devontae Adams. Obviously, like you said, if Jory doesn't play, uh, he was uh, he was really good last week. After Jory left the game, he had ten targets last week, eight catches, ninety nine yards, and a touchdown. You know, he will face Pac Man Jones a lot if Jordy doesn't play, those. there's a little bit of a cornerback issue there, but I think they're going to feed him pretty good. Rogers is a tough call. He's 9,300 on FanDuel. Um, you know, the game script could be rough in the second half. If Cincinnati does not uh, click on offense a little bit more, you know, the Packers could have a big lead. He could be handing the ball off a lot uh, at fully priced without uh, maybe Jordy, without Randall Cobb, maybe. Um, I just don't think I can play Rogers at that price.
2: Yeah, and. Uh, 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 after all, this might end up being a game that that falls a little under under this forty four point five. You know, Brady could still do his thing in the first half. And, you know, still that game is just not a, a big barn burner. Um, and just the one last thing I'll mention is if you are looking for a sneaky GPP play of uh, Geronimo Allison, yeah, know, the, the tall linky option is going to step in if uh, if a couple of those receivers don't play. Just something to keep an eye on for a Millie maker type of team.
1: Resident hero of the podcast, Rugged in just hit a grand slam.
2: Oh, wow. Hey, that hasn't been my hero this year. Yeah, you know, not th- oh, yeah.
1: Yes, he has. Well,
2: yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Earlier in the season, one one fine day.
1: Uh, my, other, my other play in this game is the Green Bay defense. I think they're going to be really popular. Um, they have six sacks the first two weeks. The Bengal offensive line is bad. They've allowed eight sacks. You know, same formula we talked about with the, with the Patriots. Home team, favorite, struggling quarterback. You know, that's the kind of thing that you get a, you get a late mistake, and that's what we like with defenses. I think Green Bay defense is going to be a little too highly owned. I like pivoting to the Eagles or the Patriots instead.
2: I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. What about uh, this Kansas City Chargers game? You think it's going to be, be a close game here? Three-point spread, Kansas City favored on the road. Did, um, I hope I didn't say San Diego. If I did, I mean the L.A. Chargers, even though there are no fans attending these games.
1: Uh, yeah, it's weird because they—it uh, was like forty percent Dolphins fans at the StubHub Center last week. So I, people were wondering how the home field advantage is going to be for the Chargers—is it going to be good or not? I think it might be negative. I think you're getting a lot of Chiefs fans of this game. It, it's been a, it's a weird vibe. It'll be interesting to see. The Dolphins obviously have a lot of fans nationwide, so it'll be interesting to see how that works out. But uh, the Chiefs have actually obviously been good. They've beat two really good teams already in the Patriots and the Eagles. Um, Alex Smith kind of went back to his normal self last week, though a little more dink and dunk. He was twenty-one to twenty-eight, but only one touchdown. Uh, Jason Verrett out for the Chargers helps a lot. Uh, but uh, you know, Alex is just not who I want as my one quarterback that I'm on my team.
2: Yeah, and, and just on. A, on... A side note, I actually uh, passed on a ticket to go to this game from a uh, Dolphins fan. I just would rather have, uh, I preferred, you know, sitting, getting all my games in all at once and enjoying them as opposed to uh, schlepping to that stadium and, uh, you know, just, I don't even know what kind of food they serve. I probably would have to get the menu, check the menu out beforehand. But, anyways, I digress. Um, yeah, I mean, this could be an interesting one. Uh, could be a fun game. Um, could be a little slow pace. But I'm sure there will be some hilarity that ensues on the Chargers side of the ball sometime uh, around the end of the fourth quarter, possibly. <laughs> could be. Oh, um, oi, Chargers. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I love Hunt again this week. Obviously, uh, it is worth noting that Jay, uh, Jay Ajayi... Had no issues shredding the Chargers last week on high volume. Um, obviously, that you know with the Chiefs now, I mean, this is really a monster team. They have you know DFS options up the wazoo with Tyreek the Freak, Hill Kareem the Dream Hunt, Travis you know no nickname yet Kelsey. Um, you know, just by the way, sneaky call by you last week. That was a good one on Kelsey. That that worked he, out. I played him and uh, I won.
1: He looked awesome last week. That was a great touchdown.
2: Yeah, that was a good play. What? How do you see? How do you see things shaking out here on the Kansas City side?
1: Yeah, I mean, Kareem Hunt's interesting because I didn't like him last week. I was kind of a fade on him. Didn't work out well, but he struggled most of the day. I was feeling pretty good about that call. Then all of a sudden he breaks a 53-yard touchdown, catches a two-yard touchdown later, and suddenly, you know, I look bad for not playing him and only at 7,800. He's priced up a little bit more. Um, You know, you you mentioned the Chargers' run D is struggling. They they got shredded by uh, Ajayi, and then the Denver running backs did well. You know, Hunt's just so explosive and so involved. I have no issue if you want to use him. I just prefer Ajayi and Le'Veon Bell at the price point this week, but uh, you know Hunt is Hunt looks fantastic. I'm uh, I'm not a fade on him anymore. That was a mistake I made last week. Just too many big plays that he can make. But I like the other guys more a little bit this week.
2: Yeah, like you said, I mean Hill can go off on any given play. I still think he's a very low floor, high ceiling tournament play, um, and especially if he's going to be matched up with uh, you know with with Chargers Casey Hayward. Although I think it's worth noting that um, if Jason Verrett was healthy and playing, which he is not, uh, he would probably be the guy that would be better at covering um, a super speedy guy like Hill. Uh, Hayward usually kind of, you know, matches up with the bigger guys like he did with, uh, you know, Denver, with, with uh, Demarius Thomas. And so, yeah, I mean, these two teams play each other in week 17 uh, last year. And Hill was contained for the most part. Five of seven targets for 46 yards. Couldn't go off at any time. Just not necessarily somebody I'm going to uh, to be targeting.
1: What about, uh, what about the Chargers side of the ball? Um, I'm having trouble figuring out their offense a little bit. Um, Phillip Rivers is up a little bit to 7,500 this week. I liked him last week at 7,000 at the price. I just don't know if I see huge upside. I, I like the I like the Chiefs defense in general. Um, I tell you what, Melvin Gordon, he's 7,600. He's really kind of boring. You know, he gets a lot of volume, but he has not been especially effective. He had seven catches last week. He has 14 targets on the air. Um, I haven't been impressed by Gordon. He's one of those guys that does well fantasy-wise because of so much volume. Only had nine carries last week, though, so a little bit less there. I don't know. He just uh, he just hasn't seem that effective to me.
2: Yeah, and especially you know he's going to be involved in the game all throughout, whether you know the, the Chargers are hanging in there or they're getting blown out. Um, but yeah, like you mentioned, just not very effective. Um, just one of those guys is going to have a you know three point seven yards per carry on the season, but probably get you double digit touchdowns by like week eight. Um, but just, you know, I, on the Chargers, I just, side, want, I just
1: want big play for seventy six hundred. I want the ability to yeah. make some big plays. You know.
2: Exactly. And, and listen, it can happen in any given week. Um, and then what happens is he has one of those and then, you know, everyone jumps to him the following week and he goes back to being inefficient. But, hey, that's that, that's a football, um, you know, on the Chargers' side of the ball. Um, hard not to at least consider Keenan Allen in cash games, um, you know, cotton, not the best matchup, but he's all over the field, caught nine of 10 targets last week for 100 yards. Um, as long as he's healthy, I think he's in play as a, a, a cash game viable almost every week.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's only 7,200. He's got 20 targets the first two weeks. And like you said, he'll move around enough that Marcus Peters won't be on him all the time. Peters kind of stays on, on his side. Um, so I think they'll move him around. They'll put him in the slot. I don't think he'll have to worry about it that much. But he's just so heavily targeted. I mean, he's got you know, nine for 100 last week. He scored the first week. Um, you know, 7,200 for a cash play, you, just, you know you're going to get volume in that There's just so much value in that floor
2: yeah i yeah i think um i think it's this is a good segue to our oakland washington game the sunday night hammer
1: yeah i mean another great sunday night hammer too we got the 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 raiders visiting washington against the redskins highest over under of the week 54 point over under the the raiders are a three-point favorite so you know the kind of perfect game we like high over under and a low spread could be a shootout back and forth um i'd like to ask you who you like in this game but tell me who you love in this game because i pretty much like everybody
2: yeah, that's sort of the thing. And I'm going to be, you know, I mean, you know me, man. I, you know, I love these late night games. Um, you know, I kind of came risen out of the dead to, uh, you know, compete in in a couple of big GPPs last week, um, kind of stacking up the, the right guys in last week's Sunday Night Hammer. Um, and so, you know, I, I just love that puzzle of this game. And so I'm going to be working on it. Um, you know, sort of off the bat, you know, my, my first impression is that I think uh, Kirk Cousins steps up at home in this one and finally starts to gel a little bit. Um, even though, this, you know, he's, he, I don't think this defense is all that scary. Um, you know, as particularly the secondary. Um, Cousins does have two fumbles in each of his first two games, and you know, I think you know there are people that are still worrying about the Cousins prior connection. Um, I, for one, am not too worried. And uh, you know this is the type of combo that I'd be be looking to sort of you know buy in on. Uh, if this game was not on uh, the late Sunday night game, you probably would have a lot less exposure to Cousins. But I think because it is a Sunday night game, you're you're going to see his ownership up um, up there among the first five or six quarterbacks this week.
1: Yeah, I'll hit Washington's offense since you kind of went there. We'll go back to Oakland, but I, I love Terrell Pryor this week. I know I loved him last week. He was disappointing, uh, only four targets, two catches for the thirty yards. But a lot of that was game script. I mean, they were just. Rob Kelly and Chris Thompson were just running the ball down the Rams' throat. and They just didn't need to throw the ball. I think this week to keep up with the Raiders, they're going to have to throw the ball. It's going to be a different-paced game against the Raiders than it was the Rams. Um, I love Terrell Pry to break out. He's fired up. He's playing the Raiders. That's the team that drafted him. He's fired up by this Mm -hmm. matchup he's been talking about a lot. I love him. I also like Jamison Crowder a lot. He's down to 5,700. I really especially like him if Jordan Reed does not play. He has a a chest injury. And as we know with Jordan Reed, you just never know he's going to play. But if he's not playing – I like Crowder to get a lot of underneath work. He's been quiet so far, but he finally looked healthy last week. He wasn't healthy week one. He did look healthy last week, four catches, 47 yards. In a PPR format, I love him, and I like him as a kind of a cash game guy, if you know Jordan Reed, as a way to save some money and be able to pay up for a couple of expensive running backs.
2: Yeah, and I like the idea of, you know, if, you're, if you are doing the multiple lineup thing is just, you know, sort of loading up on this game and, and you know, not being afraid to use a couple of, uh, you know, pass-catching options with Kirk Cousins uh, or even on the other side of the ball. Um, I think it definitely could work out where you're going to see a lot of offense getting, you know, Cousins with uh, Pryor and maybe Crabtree on the other end or Cooper on the other end or including Crowder. Um, you know, so many ways to go with this game. Um, you know, it is worth noting just sort of uh, pivoting to the, uh, the running Backs is that you know Chris Thompson ran in two touchdowns last week. Pretty crisp pass catcher. One of them was a long sixty-one yard run. And um, with Rob Kelly out, uh, rookie Samaje per- uh, Pirine ended up having twenty-one carries. Um, so pretty interesting the the way that that shook out last week.
1: I'm glad you said his name right. I've heard people butcher his name all week, but you nailed it. I almost did, uh, and you it, got just it me
2: at the last second. Yeah, hey.
1: So, uh, what about my boy uh, Derek Carr? You'll be happy to know that on my spreadsheet here, I actually wrote David Carr. I just can't get it out of my head, but uh, Derek yeah. Carr, uh, my boy, the guy that I probably liked more than anybody preseason, uh, has been great so far. He had three touchdowns last week against the Jets. Very efficient too, twenty-three of to twenty-eight. I love him this week in a close game with a high over-under. I love quarterbacks in mm-hmm. that spot. I know Josh Norman's great. I get that. But, uh, you know, Carson Wentz played pretty well against them. Even Jared Goff last week had 224 yards on 25 attempts. So, you know, good YPA. Uh, Carr has a ton of weapons. Obviously, has a Mari Cooper, Michael Crabtree. The guy that I like as his weapon is uh, 5,200 at tight end is Jared Cook.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I, I did see something about uh, Jared C- C- Cook. I don't know if he mispracticed, but I think he's got a – shoulder or something but yeah i mean a lot of people know everyone's in the know that washington is a team to uh, attack with the uh, with the with the tight end and i do think that cook is going to see uh, top four ownership at the position because of that uh and the other interesting note is that crabtree's actually caught up to amari cooper in terms of fanduel salary they're both exactly 70 7700 for the first time i th- believe ever which is interesting and, and um especially with you know the little knee designation next to cooper's name over there on FanDuel and crabtree's big game on you know the three touchdowns very little possibility actually i'll give you no possibility that cooper is higher owned than crabtree this week it's going to be crabtree as especially in the sunday night hammer one of the top five owned wide receivers this week he's not scoring three touchdowns again but could have an absolute solid game
1: yeah and you mentioned uh tight ends against the against the redskins just uh, just a Play that point a little more. Gerald Everett was three catches for ninety-five yards against any of them in week two, and Zach Ertz was eight for ninety-three in week one. Uh, Tight ends have been killing them, and when you, when when Gerald Everett's getting ninety-five yards, you know there's something going on there. But uh, so where, on Cooper and Crabtree, uh, Josh Norman's obviously the big key in the secondary. Do you have any kind of feel for who who he covers?
2: Uh, Norman, no. I mean, I I know that obviously he he, he does does get a. I, I, my primary point is I think the Josh Norman coverage. Is a little overrated. Okay. Um, I could definitely see him, um, you know, per, uh, perhaps sticking to uh, to Amari Cooper in this game. But you know, af- obviously after last week's game, it, it's hard to ignore Crabtree. The other thing is, Brashard Breland is actually one of the uh, the top rated uh, cornerbacks in the league, and, and he's been solid dating back to last year. I think they're you know, essentially the toughest cornerback tandem in the business, um, so it could be interesting. Um, I, I don't know if necessarily either of these receivers, Crabtree or Cooper, are going to have that big, giant you know, blow-up game this week.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a fun game. That over-under 54, you could see a, a lot of points back and forth. I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. It's an interesting game, too, because Washington has been not playing as well as we thought. They did, they did beat the Rams last week, but they looked bad week one. And the Raiders have kind of been everything that everybody thought. Uh, two really impressive wins. Uh, they smoked the Jets and a nice win at Tennessee. So uh, a good matchup, uh, you know, fantasy football-wise, DFS football-wise, season-long-wise, and real football-wise. It's a fun, important game.
2: Absolutely, can't wait for it.
1: So, uh, wrapping up real quick, we'll hit, hit position really quick just to kind of uh, talk about our favorite plays. Uh, at quarterback, who's your who's your favorite overall play, and who's your favorite value play?
2: I would love to say Cam Newton. I'm just afraid that I cannot do that at this moment, at this juncture, in time. So, I'm going to go with Matthew Stafford as my favorite overall play. All right. uh, favorite value play. Uh, still thinking about Deshaun Kaiser. Um, only because I can't list Kirk Cousins as a value play because he is seventy six hundred and and I guess you could call it a value. It's just not like a you know a cheap play. But
1: at, Stafford and uh, Cousins, you guys at quarterback. I think I think that's I think that's fair. That's uh, there's so many quarterbacks that uh, that are there's not many quarterbacks under seven thousand. I will give you that one.
2: Okay. Okay. What about a, a fade for you? You have a faded quarterback? Let's see if it's the same. Uh,
1: my fade is Ben Roethlisberger. I just don't uh, – not paying up for him on the road is just kind of a consistent thing for me. Um, I just uh, – he's, he's just a, it's, the split's just too dramatic. Him and Drew Brees, uh, unless they drop them down in price-wise on the road, I'm just not going to play either of those guys on the road.
2: Yeah, and for me it's just Tom Brady um, simply because he's 9,400 and, and, you know, I just – the lowest total there, 43, 43 and a half. And the fact, uh, the way that we might see games shake out on that one,
1: who, who the heck do you think is the highest percent owned quarterbacks this week? I was having trouble figuring that out. I, I kind of came on maybe some Matt Ryan, maybe some Derek Carr, maybe some Kirk cousins. I, I was having trouble figuring out. I don't think there's gonna be a high percentage quarterback
0: this week.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think the guys that we'll probably see the most, uh, on FanDuel is probably going to see a lot of people going to Cam Newton, uh, against, uh, against New Orleans. Um, uh, I just really see that. Uh, Derek Carr, most definitely at 8,400 in that uh, Sunday Night Hammer game. Um, Stafford will be up there with along with Matt Ryan. And uh, the last guy that I think you'll probably see in only because of the way that we're able to fit lineups in um, under the salary cap this week is you'll see some Aaron Rodgers love in some, uh, you know, some angry Aaron uh, revenge game.
1: So at, uh, at running back, I mentioned my favorite overall plays. I really like Le'Veon Bell and Jay Ajayi. I've played with a lot of lineup combos where I can play both of them, and I really like what I can do with my lineup, even getting both of them in with the value at, running, or at uh, wide receiver this week. My favorite vid, mid-value play, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, how, about, how about you? What are, your, what are your favorite running backs?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I already mentioned it earlier. Jay, Jay Ajayi, like you say, which I think is uh, the proper pronunciation. That's how, very how, nice. How do you say uh, it? Ajayi. All right. You say, you say Ajayi. It's probably correct. I'm going to go with you on this one. Well,
1: going, but, going uh, yeah, back to my, that, my late nights watching him play at Boise State, <laughs> I think I have this one right. <laughs> All
2: right. I'll go with that. Yeah, that's he's my favorite overall guy. I do like Lev Bell a lot. Um, you know, same thing. I think, you know, that you can definitely build some solid lineups with uh, mid-range receivers there. Um, you know, favorite – mid value play I'm liking uh, Mike Gillis Lee I do like going back to the well on Ty Montgomery as well if you're talking uh, GPPs uh, potentially somebody like Crowell as a you know as a sort of a, you know couple of tournament flyers there for you
1: hey, I, on the cheap plays it's kind of tough we talked about Chris Thompson I like him a little bit um, Joe Mixon at fifty one hundred is a little bit intriguing to me, but it would uh, it would rely on the offensive coordinator trying to make their offense a little more dynamic and going him to a lot more snaps. So it's one of those uh, only a you know a small money tournament play. I wouldn't play him in any big cash lineups, but um, I think you can see Mixon break out this week, assuming their offensive coordinator is hopefully smart enough to realize what he has in Mixon.
2: Yeah, and for me, as far as uh, sort of that fav- favorite cheat play, it, it's really tough. You know, obviously, over on the uh, you know, full PPR sites, I'm going to love Riddick and Cohen and uh, wouldn't even mind playing both of them in a lineup. Um, you know, I think for the most part, I'm not going to have a lot of uh, a cheat plays this week um, with the way the lineups sort of construct
1: my uh, my top fade this week at running back i'm not playing melvin gordon i'm just i'm tired of the three yards of carry i know he scores a lot of touchdowns but i just want some dynamics of especially in gbps i don't think he can really bust out
2: yeah for me it's gordon um i'm also probably going to be a little bit lighter on the field uh than the field on Devontae freeman uh, could end up being a mistake but i like what you said about him earlier all
1: right so uh looking at wide receiver um uh, my my favorite overall play is probably a.j green uh, it's a little, mm-hmm. it's so chalky, but uh, I just, I, I like when a diva wide receiver uh, kind of complains about the offense, usually gets fed, but I'm i I'm a big kind of um, fade the top wide receivers this week and play a lot of the mid value plays. I love Terrell Pryor. I love Devontae Adams. I love Kelvin Benjamin if he plays and I love Deshaun Jackson. as kind of a sneaky mid value play.
2: Yeah, I'm, all, I'm all aboard the, uh, the AJ green train this week along with everyone else. I like Kelvin Benjamin if he's healthy and playing, um, you know, so for the most part, those are the two guys that I like. Um, you know, don't mind paying up for Julio Jones. Probably my selection over uh, Antonio Brown this week. Um, mid-value plays. I kind of like Doug Baldwin in this game, um, and also looking at uh, you know, I, I don't know. Would you consider Brandon Cooks a uh, mid-range guy? Well,
1: sure, and I, and I 7, want to mention seventy-five hundred. I think a lot. Everybody's talking about AJ Green this week. I think that like I mentioned earlier. I think Cooks and Michael Thomas are really, really good pivots off AJ. If uh, if you're worried about the percentage ownership on him, or if you want to play them with AJ Green, I think I think Cooks and Thomas kind of coming off um, a little bit of quiet weeks and and not uh, not a lot of people talking about them could be really interesting plays instead of hundred where they're they're high enough where they're not going to be super high percentage, but they're also not too high. I think they're in a good a good field right now.
2: Yeah, and I think uh, you know the last guy that we should mention um, my favorite mid value play. Uh, is D Jackson and yours is D Jack, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, there you go. And a uh, little Devonte Parker there. Those, those like six mid value guys. Yep. Mixing and matching in my cores a lot. Uh, Jameson Crowder is my favorite cheap play. I'm assuming yours is probably Richard Higgins after you mentioned him earlier.
2: Yeah, I probably get jiggy with Higgy. Um, you know, <laughs> outside of that, I think Devin Funches is pretty interesting at forty eight hundred and uh, Torrey Smith as well. Um, coming in at fifty three hundred.
1: I have uh, I have very little interest in Mike Evans this week at 8,600. I know he's good. Um, going against Xavier Rhodes, though, I just, I'm just i not paying up for that matchup.
2: Yeah, that's that's my same fade. Um, I'm with you on that one. Um, probably going to be a little lighter than the field on Antonio Brown. Um, and then as far as just, like, ownership percentages and wide receiver, um, what do you think and who do you think are going to be the top guys?
1: I mean, I think A.J. Green is going to be way, way up there. And I think Devontae Adams is going to be way up there if Jordy does not play. I think those are the two highest, and I think they're going to be pretty high.
2: Yeah, I think you'll probably see, um, obviously, a lot of Julio Jones with uh, you know lineup builds where you're able to fit that expensive receiver. Probably a little bit higher owned than Antonio Brown this week. Um, outside of that, I think it's going to be really spread out, and it's a really good opportunity for people that are really prepped for the week um, to be able to take advantage and find that edge to win.
1: Yeah, I agree there. Um, I think it's a week to, uh, to kind of pay down at tight end. My favorite overall play is uh, Zach Ertz, 6,500, so he's not really paying down. But I like three guys in the 5,000s, Jared Cook, Jack Doyle, and Eric Ebron, all at uh, 52 and 5,300.
2: Yeah, it's it's tough, man. There's just so many great options this week at tight end. Um, I do like Doyle. Uh, Cleveland has allowed the most red zone targets to tight ends through the first two games of the season with five and the second most total yards. Uh, I do like Ertz. I do think he's going to be... Um, not crazy chalky, but, but he'll definitely be up there at $6,500. Um, you will probably see a little bit of Cook and Ebron as well. Um, one sneaky guy I want to mention that may be uh, 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 you know, greasing the, that squeaky wheel is Martellus Bennett, who did have 11 targets last week and may really come into play if Nelson and Cobb are out uh, or if one of them is out. And then also Ed Dixon, at minimum salary, needs to be in the mix as
1: well. Martellus Bennett needs to catch the ball when it's thrown to him, though.
2: Yeah, this is true.
1: What about uh, one more play? If Jordan Reed sits, what about Vernon Davis at forty seven hundred?
2: Big Vern, uh, yeah, definitely could work. He's you know, he's, he's, you think he'd be out of the league yet? But nope, he's still there. He's still mixing it in. Obviously, not the stud he once was with your uh, 49ers, but um, but yeah, absolutely could work, and he's cheap. Uh,
1: so on defense, I mentioned uh, multiple times. My favorite overall play is Philadelphia. That's who I'm going to go with on a lot of a lot of teams. I do like the Patriots also. Um, I just think the game flow is going to be good for them. I think Green Bay is going to be the highest uh, going against Andy Dalton.
2: Yeah, I'm all about the Eagles this week as well. Uh, you know, I think Green Bay is in play, as are the Patriots, uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks. If Sam Bradford is not playing, is an option. Yep. Um, just some other some other teams that might be considered are the Dolphins and uh, also Pittsburgh. Uh, I do like Pittsburgh's defense in this one. Um, I do think that Philadelphia, because of their price, are going to be uh, the chalk. And so I'm, I'm kind of uh, kind of fine going in that direction for the most part this week.
1: And last, before we get out of here, any any kickers that really jump out to you that uh, you think will be a, a nice way to round out your team?
2: Oh, man, you throw me with the, those curveballs. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, um, I got a
1: couple. You want me to go first? Yeah, I mean, sure. Go ahead. I like I like Matt Prater at home. I just love that he can kick 56 and 58 yarders. Uh, that one off the crossbar was awesome this week, by the way. Uh, he's home mm-hmm. against the, against the Falcons. I like home kickers, high scoring games in indoors. So I really like that one. Uh, if you wanted to be really sneaky, you want to go 02 percent owned Zane Gonzalez for the Browns at Indianapolis hey. indoors in a game with some points. I think the Browns move the ball, but maybe get stopped in the red zone. Uh, if you want to really get sneaky, Zane Gonzalez is the way off the wall play this week for me, kicker.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I can get insane with Zane. That'll work. Um, Yeah. I mean, for me, for the most part, um, I was interested in Chris Boswell, picked him up on some season long teams this week, dropping Lutz because I don't like Lutz's matchup. Uh, Won't be playing him. Um, You know, besides that, uh, the only other guy that sort of sticks out if I'm going really cheap is Jake Elliott for the Eagles at forty six hundred, who I think is a pretty good, pretty accurate kicker. Ah, uh, despite getting cut uh, from by the Bengals, and uh, with Sturgis getting hurt, Elliott is now in the mix. But ah, uh, you know, kickers, as we know, week to week, is absolutely insane. But I think there is always a path to being able to hit the right ones every week.
1: That is, uh, that is all the games we've talked a lot. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, super helpful for everybody. Hopefully, we hit on uh, hit on a bunch of good plays like we did last week. Hopefully, uh, no uh, no cream hunt fades this week like last week. I missed that one. But uh, anybody else you want to talk about? Anything else you got to say?
2: No, just play 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 DJACK. Let's get it.
1: Uh, I like that D-Jack. Uh, <laughs> but thanks, everybody, for listening to the RotoWire NFL DFS podcast sponsored by FanDuel. We much appreciate you listening. If you have any questions, comments, you can hit us up on Twitter. I am at Scott Genstead. Vlad is at RotoGut, R-O-T-O-G-U-T. Uh, if you have any questions or you want uh, anything you want to talk, discuss on the next week's podcast, feel free to hit us up there. And again, if you could please rate or view the podcast, that'd be greatly appreciated. Thanks again for listening. Hope everybody has a fantastic week three and hope we get some big, uh, big GPP wins. So take care, everyone.